Welcome back to another episode of the Portal Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Clinton, editor and columnist for Heartland College Sports. If you like our show, please consider subscribing and leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. And make sure you send that screenshot to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com and we'll get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie out in the mail. Today, we are talking Women's College World Series. It is officially time for the best tournament in all of softball. Uh, This is the biggest event in all of softball, regardless of level of play. Um, This this event gets more publicity and more TV than anything else out there. And I I can't blame them. It's, It's a great atmosphere. It's a fantastic event. And it's something that you absolutely... Uh, should take part in if you can. If you if you ever have a chance to get down to Oklahoma City for that, I absolutely recommend it. Uh, it's a fantastic event and something that that I always love uh, making it down to. With that kicking off, we have uh, some things to talk about, and I want to go over a preview for it quickly. Uh, with the first game already under underway here, with Tennessee and Alabama getting getting things started, but before we get there. I want to speak about some some transfers that have had a a very big impact on on the tournament so far, and who I think will have a big impact going forward in this tournament uh, as we look to see who is going to uh, make a run at a national championship here over the next week and a half. Oklahoma is the clear favorite to win the national championship. There's not really any question with that right now. Uh, as we've seen, the Sooners win 48 straight games. They come into this uh, Women's College World Series with a 56-1 and record, uh, and they've got all kinds of opportunities uh, to break records uh, as they try and finish their season out with, with a national championship, their third in a row. However, this is not going to be a cakewalk for the Sooners. They have a lot of teams that stand in their way. Uh, One of those being the Tennessee Lady Volunteers, which if you haven't watched Tennessee play some softball this year, they're they're really, really good. This is a quality team, somebody that absolutely could push Oklahoma. And when I look at Tennessee's roster, they obviously have uh, some girls that have been at Tennessee for the the entirety of their career. Ashley Rogers has been there uh, since high school, uh, and she is obviously their, their ace in the circle, but you also have Kiki Malloy, who is just an incredible batter. Uh, she, I believe is fringe top 10 and, and steals this year. And she leads the country in home runs with 25 at the moment. Um, this is a team that, that gets a lot from Kiki Malloy and from Ashley Rogers, but they also are getting a lot out of their transfers. And when I look at their transfers, um, the first name, obviously, that jumps off the list to me, uh, being a Big 12 guy, is Mackenzie Donahue. If you're a softball person, you remember in the 2021 Women's College World Series, she was a huge part of Oklahoma making the run that they made uh, to win the national championship that year. She had 10 RBIs in, in Oklahoma City alone, and it's just no coincidence that she has uh, a fantastic a role or a big role that she plays for the Vols, and I'm not surprised whatsoever. She's a, she's an awesome athlete out of Mustang, Oklahoma. 
and she really has elevated the infield play for for Tennessee this year. And so um, I don't think it's a coincidence that Tennessee went out and got a player from Oklahoma who has the Women's College World Series experience that she does because look at where they're at now. As things currently stand, Tennessee is up 10-2 to on Alabama. We're in run rule territory and uh, Alabama's got a, a long road to hoe here if they're going to get back into this one. Uh, if not, they'll face the loser of Oklahoma and Stanford tomorrow. Um, but but as we look at the rest of the Tennessee roster here, uh, Julio Katsoyanopoulos, that's a, that's, a, that's a rough one. I hope I got that right. Julia Katsoyanopoulos comes out of Arizona, uh, she didn't do much for the Wildcats, but she's been a huge factor uh, for the Lady Vols this season. Another transfer with Women's College World Series experience. She's been there with the Wildcats, so uh, that's another one to watch. Zeta Pooney, who also played at Oklahoma uh, in 2021, she's been uh, with she's been with the Vols for a couple of years now. But she's got 13 home runs and is hitting 372 right now. And I would say she is their their number two bat right now behind, uh, obviously, Kiki Malloy. And these are girls that have played on on rosters that absolutely are familiar with Oklahoma City and what it means to play in front of 14,000 people. So, And then you also have Peyton Gottschall, who is their number two pitcher this season. She's got a 142 ERA, and she's 16-1 in 2023. Um, and she's from Bowling Green, but... Because she is a transfer from Bowling Green, you may look down uh, on that a bit. No, 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 no. She has had 17 scoreless innings pitched in the tournament this year. And so uh, for her to be at the playing at the level that she is right now uh, for Tennessee, obviously the transfer portal has play, played a huge factor for them. And I believe Tennessee to be Oklahoma's biggest uh, roadblock, if you will, to winning their third national title. Of course, Oklahoma's got uh, transfers of their own. Alex Tarocco, who's part of their three-headed monster in the in the circle this year. Uh, Haley Lee and Sydney Sanders, who both here have recently have really caught fire at the plate and have been fantastic for, for Oklahoma swinging the bat. And then, obviously, Alyssa Brito, um, just another another girl that, that came in and is an absolute uh, beast at the plate for Oklahoma, who's just continues to put up runs and bunches because of transfers like those three. But uh, I really like what I've seen out of the Tennessee squad, and I think that they're going to give Oklahoma uh, every bit of uh, what they ask for in this tournament. So let's get into a little bit of a preview here. Obviously, it's a bit late to preview the Alabama-Tennessee game. It looks like Tennessee's going to run away with that one at the moment. Uh, but Oklahoma and Stanford are going to come up here in just a bit. I believe at 2.30 is first pitch for that one on Thursday. And the Sooners are, like I said, they're the favorite to win this one. I think they're going to end up getting matched up with with Najari Kennedy from Stanford, who is the NFCA Freshman of the Year in 2023. She paces the country with a .480 RA. Uh, she's got almost 200 strikeouts over 116 innings pitch, and she's 16-1 and on the year. And so when you pair that with an All-American like Elena Vodder, You've got a very, very formidable uh, pitching staff, and I think that they're going to uh, 
limit Oklahoma offensively if you can do that. Uh, I, I think that Stanford has the ability to do so. These two teams did play all the way back in February. Uh, Oklahoma won that game 10-1 to in six innings. But look, that was such a long time ago. Neither one of these teams look anything like they did uh, back whenever that game was played. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect anything like that to be the outcome today. Um, but I am going to take Oklahoma to win that game. I think that the uh, the Sooners have a really good shot at getting to the national championship series, and I think obviously that would would likely take a win in game one to avoid the loser's bracket, at least for now. Uh, game three of today will be Florida State and Oklahoma State. Now, these two teams have played three times this year. Oklahoma's got a 2-1, uh, Oklahoma State has a 2-1 edge over the Seminoles, uh, and they've both taken some different roads to get here. Before Oklahoma State uh, got into the tournament, they had lost 11 of 13 games. They were kicked out of the uh, Big 12 tournament by Kansas uh, in the first round. It just Things weren't going well for Kenny Gajewski's squad. And so before they earned the number six seed in the NCAA, or, yeah, in the NCAA tournament, uh, they took some time at Broken Bow uh, Lake, which if you're from Oklahoma or around here, it's a beautiful lake, uh, somewhere to take the family and, and do things of that nature. And they went down to Broken Bow Lake and they took some time to just relax and to reflect on the season that they'd had and really just to uh, spend time with teammates and really bond again outside of the dugout. And it clearly has done something for them because Oklahoma State uh, comes into the Women's College World Series with a 5-0 record in the tournament. They've outscored opponents 37-3, to uh, including two shut or two blowout victories over an Oregon team that came into the Super Regionals red hot. And so uh, some things have changed for Oklahoma State. Lexi Kilfoyle has really emerged as the number two arm for this team, which she's been that for for the majority of the season, but for her to go out in game one of the super regionals and go full seven innings and allow just three hits with three strikeouts and no walks. I think that was a really big moment for Oklahoma state because that allows Kelly Maxwell to have a little bit of the pressure taken off of her. And what we see out of Maxwell in game two, she comes, she comes in and closes the series out. She's just two hits shy of a perfect game, and she really looked like the the Maxwell that we got used to seeing last year uh, this time. So I really like where Oklahoma State sits uh, coming into this game. On the flip side, Florida State, uh, they needed an extra game to get rid of uh, South Carolina in the Tallahassee Regional. They did so, uh, and they were able to advance with a 1-0 victory thanks to a perfect game from Catherine Sandercock, and I don't think that that's going to be much different from what they're hoping for uh, later on today and, and throughout this tournament. Because, I mean, when you look at Florida State, offensively, they do enough. But their pitching staff is really what's gotten them here. With Sander Cock and Reed throwing the ball the way that they have, um, I just think that that's really – they realize where their strength lies, and that's in Catherine Sandercock and McKenna Reed. And so – I would not be surprised for this to be a low-scoring game between Oklahoma State and Florida State. Uh, But I'm going to roll with Oklahoma State in this one. I think that uh, the Cowgirls have just looked – they've looked fantastic, and if they truly are the team that we thought they were back in March and April, uh, 
there's no reason why they can't push all the way into that uh, three-game series in the championship later on. So give me Oklahoma State to take down Florida State in that game. And in the final game on Thursday, we've got Washington against Utah. Washington comes in after overcoming a 6-0 deficit in the regional to McNeese. They end up getting out of that uh, with just a miraculous seven-run inning, um, and they advanced to the Super Regional. And then in the Super Regional, they took down Louisiana without much of a fight. I don't believe Louisiana even scored a run when they were in Seattle. Uh, And Washington really just looked good in the circle, which they haven't looked good in the circle most of the season. And so if you can can replicate some of that success – uh, Washington's got the offense to play, and and I think that it's really, really, um, I think it's really likely that we see good pitching out of Washington just simply for the fact that they've been here. Um, that's a team that that's been in Oklahoma City several times. I don't think the lights are going to be too big for them, uh, and they'll be playing in the lights at nine thirty p.m. tonight against Utah, who comes into this uh, as the number fifteen seed who advanced. And look, Utah, they know that they're the underdog in this thing, but I don't think they really care about that. They've got one of the best offenses in all of softball, and they rank third nationally in batting average. Uh, they, they really like to get around the bases, and I think if they can get if they can get Washington into a scoring match, uh, I think Utah likes its chances there. And I'm going to take Utah to win this game. Um, I just th- I think it's going to be one of those late night uh, back 12 after dark kind of games. I know that's a football term, but I really like what Utah has done. I like uh, the coaching staff there, and I think that Utah uh, gets it done. So my winner's brackets for Saturday are Tennessee versus Oklahoma and Oklahoma State versus Utah. So that means we have two loser's bracket games on Friday. And I'm predicting those to be Alabama and Stanford against Florida State and Washington. Um, In those two games, I like Stanford to advance against Alabama. We're going to see Montana Fouts. We haven't seen her to this point in the game. It's now 10-4 Tennessee, so we are going into the fifth inning um, in that game. Alabama is still alive. We have not seen Montana Fouts yet. I, I would imagine we will see her Friday against Stanford. Uh, if if Oklahoma is able to advance and, and send Stanford to the loser's bracket. In that game, I, I'm going to take Stanford to win. I think I like Stanford's uh, depth in the circle a little bit better, so I have them advancing to Sunday. In the second game of, of tomorrow in the loser's bracket, I've got Florida State sending Washington home. and uh, so, so I've got Alabama and Washington as my two and Qs, uh, which – is short for is lingo for two games and out uh, in a double double elimination tournament. So uh, I've got Florida State advancing, and uh, Florida State and Stanford will await the losers of Saturday's games. In those games, we've got a huge matchup between Tennessee and Oklahoma. That game will be at three o'clock on ABC, which is just fantastic. I love seeing games uh, at the Women's College World Series softball games on national television, which is just awesome. And I think that game will definitely be worth tuning into. Uh, Without getting too far into that one, I I think that Oklahoma has the slight advantage, and I think that they win in a close game. Um, 
what I saw from from Oklahoma against Clemson really uh, in that second game losing or winning in the way that they did, I feel like will rejuvenate them like a loss would have. And typically when we see Oklahoma lose, uh, they usually go on a long streak there. So I think Oklahoma is going to be locked in uh, and I give them the advantage over Tennessee. Uh, and so that will cause Tennessee to flip brackets, flip the sides, and they will play Florida State on Sunday to stay alive. And then I will take uh, Oklahoma State over Utah in Saturday's night game. That game is on ESPN at 7 p.m. I think Oklahoma State is just – I think they have the upper hand on Utah and the pitching and the pitching staff, and I, I think with the way Oklahoma State has played offense – here of late, I think that they have the upper hand against Utah there. So my final four teams, sorry, I got ahead of myself there. In Sunday's games, the the final losers bracket there, uh, you've got two uh, one-loss teams in this one. So this is for an elimination. Uh, I've got Stanford taking out Utah. On Sunday at 3 p.m. in Game 9, I like Stanford to advance. And I like Tennessee to end Florida State's run in Game 10. Uh, That game will be on ESPN2 at 7 p.m. I think Tennessee takes out Florida State. So that leaves us with Oklahoma, Stanford, Oklahoma State, and Tennessee in the Final Four in the semifinals. I think Oklahoma takes down Stanford again. Uh, in game 11, I don't think the F necessary game is going to be necessary. I think Oklahoma advances to the championship series there. And then here's, here's the fun one, Oklahoma state and Tennessee at 7 PM on ESPN, Oklahoma state was in this exact same situation last year. They needed just one win to advance and they needed to beat the losers bracket champion from the bottom to, to advance and Oklahoma state. They just It's a tough draw with Tennessee. It really is. It's just a tough draw. And I like Tennessee to win first game on Monday at 7. And the if necessary game would be played on Monday at 9.30 p.m. And with all the momentum in the world, I think Tennessee ends up taking game two between those two and eliminating Oklahoma State, leaving us with an Oklahoma versus Tennessee championship finals. Now that game that is a best of 3 series and I think it'll be a fantastic series. I actually think that Tennessee is going to force a game 3 in that series. Uh just with the way that they have been playing, um I, I think Oklahoma obviously is the best team in the tournament but by no means is Tennessee a pushover. I think they will force a game 3 but ultimately I think Oklahoma is just too deep and that's who I am going to have winning the national championship. The Oklahoma Sooners make it three straight, and they do so in undefeated fashion, uh, giving them the best winning percentage ever in college softball history. That's going to do it for us today. Thank you guys so much for listening into the podcast. And remember, if you like the show, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and send your screenshot to Pete Mundo, that is Pete, M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com and he'll mail a free koozie out to you uh, as soon as he gets that. I'm Brian Clinton and we will catch you next time out here in the portal.